Hello and welcome to the Injury Prevention Podcast from BMJ Journal. My name is Brian Johnston. I am the Editor-in-Chief. As always on our podcast, we highlight a paper recently published in the print edition of the journal, Injury Prevention. This paper is the editor's choice for the issue and it can be downloaded free of charge online. You can also visit injuryprevention.bmj.com to obtain a copy for yourself. You can leave comments online and you'll find links to our searchable archive and to our blog. Today, we're looking at the paper, Threat of Pediatric Hyperthermia in an Enclosed Vehicle, a Year-Round Study. This paper appears in our August 2014 issue. To talk about the paper, I'm joined by the lead author, Sarah Dzinski, who is a research scientist in trauma services at the Dell Children's Medical Center of Central Texas here in the United States. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Why don't we start with the basics? Children who experience hyperthermia because they've been left in a hot vehicle seems like a rather obscure injury problem. But is it? How commonly does this occur? Well, you know, in the past 10 years, this has been happening on an average of about 38 cases per year. Um, since this has been recorded and in databases um, in the U.S., we've seen over 600 cases. Um, most of the ta- cases tend to cluster in the southern and southwestern United States, but they can and they do occur all over the United States. And so while 38 cases may not sound like a lot of cases, given the preventability um, and the case fatality, um, this is a, just a very tragic uh, way for an infant or small child to, to die. And to be clear, are these children who are injured, are they typically just forgotten in the vehicle? Or are parents actually leaving children without recognizing the danger? Well, you know, amazingly, um, over half of 51% of children are actually unwittingly forgotten by their caregiver. Um, Less than a fifth of parents are actually intentionally leaving their children in the vehicle. So there has been some public public awareness on this topic, and so parents are are somewhat more aware that it is dangerous to leave a child inside of a vehicle, but it doesn't help them uh, when they unwittingly forget. Um, and then the other portion of children, almost a third of them, are actually playing and they gain access to a vehicle and and then can't get out. So uh, prior to your study, what guidelines existed to help estimate the risk of hyperthermia in various weather conditions? You know, it's it's very it's been kind of spotty, but the National Weather Service did develop a heat health warning system to kind of help the public understand levels of threat in various weather conditions. Um, And so they tried to do this to put heat illness into a context that the public could easily understand. Uh, So they kind of created ranges of temperatures um, that were associated with caution, extreme caution, danger, and extreme danger. Um, but again, there's there's quite a bit of variability uh, in different parts of the United States with respect to people's level of acclimatization. You know, what might um, cause heat illness in North Dakota might be different um, as to what might cause heat illness in Texas or Southern California. 
So what was the motivation for the study that you conducted? What did you hope to learn? You know, unfortunately, we had a, a tragic death here in Austin um, in 2011. Uh, there was a little girl, her name was Ray Ray Cavallero, and she died in our children's hospital after being unwittingly forgotten by her father on his way to work. Um, and so instead of dropping her off at daycare, he got distracted, he drove to work, he he left her in the parking lot without realizing it, and it was 90 degrees outside, and he did not realize his mistake until lunchtime. And so that tragedy was, you know, very um, impactful for us here at the hospital. And um, his parents, um, her parents, sorry, uh, Ray Ray's parents, um, kind of became survivor advocates after that. And I learned about that case, and I decided that I wanted to apply um, my research skills to the topic to better understand the issue and how to prevent it. Um, and since such a large proportion of these cases involve parents unwittingly forgetting their children in the car, often on the way to work, I really wanted to understand the year-round risk in that context, and no one had ever looked at it that way before. So uh, why don't you describe for us what you did to try to answer this question? What was your what was your study design? So what we wanted to do was measure the temperature inside a closed car um, and compare it with outside temperature in each month of the calendar year. And we did that right here in Dell Children's parking lot. Um, we wanted to create kind of realistic conditions for a child that would be left in the car during a work day. So we used a highly sensitive digital thermometer and we suspended it in the back seat of the car, in the middle of the back seat of the car, kind of at the height a child's head would be if they were sitting in a car seat. Um, and we took temperature readings from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Um, on sunny days that represented kind of reasonably average temperatures for the month in question. Um, and we obtained ambient climate data from the nearest National Weather Service weather station. Um, and then we wanted to kind of place our findings in that context of the National Weather Service heat health warning system categories. So 80 to 89 degrees caution, 90 to 104 degrees extreme caution, 105 to 125 danger, and above 126 extreme danger to kind of put it into a framework that people could understand. I, maybe you could summarize then. What, what, what did you learn? What was the what was the message that you you, uh, you took from your research? Well, I think the biggest takeaway is that children do face the threat of hot car death in every month of the calendar year, um, particularly in parts of the country that have, like Texas, that that have a warmer climate in the winter, um, and that car temperatures reached extreme caution levels or greater than or equal to 90 degrees Fahrenheit um, in every month of the year, putting kids at risk of, of hot car death. We also found that the car reached danger levels in all months except January and December, so it exceeded 105 degrees in all of those months. Um, and we also found that relatively cool ambient temperatures um, such as 68 degrees Fahrenheit were associated with danger levels um, inside the car. 
How do you interpret those findings then for other professionals or for the public? What do you want people to know? Definitely want people to know that children are at risk all year round of, of hot car deaths and that these deaths are very preventable. I think one of the biggest barriers to preventability is that parents don't realize their own susceptibility to forgetting their child in a car. There's this common misconception that that parents that do this are, are bad parents. But really, given the way that the brain functions, this can happen to any parent who is tired, stressed, distracted. Um, it's not necessarily a sign of bad parenting. Um, if you can forget your cell phone, you can forget your child in a car. And a lot of people don't want to accept this, but it, it's true. And um, this has happened to a NASA scientist. It happens to loving, caring parents. Um, and so I think first accepting that there is a level of risk and, and knowing that that risk could happen, um, taking measures to prevent it. Are there uh, specific prevention strategies that you're advocating? Are there things people can do to reduce this risk that either parents should know about or that we should be promoting at a public health level? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's it's become more common. The, the message is never leave a child alone in a car at any time of year. Um, you always want to lock car doors and trucks even in your own driveway so that small children can't gain access. And along that line as well, keep key fobs um, and keys out of reach of children. Um, but one thing I think that parents can do that is, is really critical is leave a handbag, a briefcase, any essential item that they're going to need before they walk into you know, their employer's, their place of employment, um, leave something like that on the floorboard below your child's car seat so that you, you cannot forget them. You, you're forced to see them um, before you exit the vehicle. Um, and another thing that, that you can do that actually um, Ray Ray Cavaliero's parents started was, um, it's called Ray Ray's Pledge, and it's basically making a commitment with your daycare provider to communicate immediately if your child will not be dropped off or if they don't show up at daycare as expected. Um, and so that has, you know, I think that's another great way to prevent this issue. And then also just if you ever see a child alone inside of a car, call 911. Can you tell us then what's what your next project is? What are you working on now? Well, we are a level one pediatric trauma center, so we're working on all kinds of projects. Um, but we've actually just finished another pediatric hyperthermia project where we used the same temperature data collected in this study, and we applied it to a human heat balance model to sort of estimate how long it would take a child to reach uncompensable heating um, heat stroke, and then critical thermal maximum inside of an enclosed vehicle. So that, that paper is currently under review by the Journal of Forensic Science, Medicine, and Pathology. So please wish us luck. <laughs> we certainly do. It's, uh, it's nice to see people taking what started as a clinical tragedy and applying their, their skills and energy to making a, allowing us to learn something from it and perhaps making a difference in future incidents of these tragedies. 
That was Sarah Dzinski discussing her paper in the August 2014 issue of Injury Prevention, Threat of Pediatric Hyperthermia in an Enclosed Vehicle, a Year-Round Study. The paper is this month's Editor's Choice. As always, it's available without access restriction at the journal's website. Now I'll wrap up this edition of our podcast. You can join us in October for highlights of the next issue. In the meantime, have a look at our blog for news, opinion, comment, and discussions.